Welcome to My Most Authentic Life, where we explore big changes in unconventional paths. My name is Fede Vargas. I pivoted from a successful sales career, launching this podcast to empower transformative journeys. We have a deeply personal story to share today. Our guest, Mitchell Posthumus, opens up candidly. He navigated a dark chapter to transform his life. A warning to listeners, this episode contains descriptions of panic disorders. If you or someone you know is struggling, please refer to the show notes for professional resources. This is Mitchell Posthumus on My Most Authentic Life. Mitchell, welcome. Thank you for coming on here today. Thank you for offering to share your story so openly. Thank you for giving me the chance. And to get things started, let's go right back to that moment in your life, that chapter in your life. What was that like? I think we have to go back around nine years. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was playing poker back at the time as a profession, which is a lot of fun, but not the best lifestyle. Together with a lot of drinking and partying and a lot of insecurities, that didn't help. Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel great. If you have a panic disorder, if I can go a bit, a bit deeper in the panic disorder, you feel like your life is falling apart. You feel like it actually feels like dying and nobody can really explain it. You can't describe it in words. So the thing is, you don't think, I didn't think I had a panic disorder, so I couldn't accept it. It disrupts your social life because I, I really enjoy going to parties and festivals in Holland, but I couldn't do that anymore. For some reason, it was a good boundary that I got to take more, take better care of myself. But on the other hand, I couldn't be around many people anymore because I, because I got scared. So my world basically became very small. And that's just not, it's not, we're not living in this, in this life to survive. And it felt like it was all about survival. Like you're in this constant survival state. So that wasn't the greatest of, of times. That's a very scary way to describe it that you're living your life from survival mode. Yeah. What else was going on during that time that contributed to this? So I was playing poker. I wasn't having the best lifestyle because you poker, especially I played in casinos. So I wasn't, I played from eight in the evening till three in the night. And uh, so I, and then when you play poker, it's not that you, when you play for seven hours, your brain is very active. I didn't know back then. I didn't understand. And so you can, I started sleeping at like 4.35 and then woke up at one. And in, especially in Holland, the, in the winter, the sun is out till five. So I didn't see much daylight in the winter. And at some point before the panic disorder, I also had like one winter where I got a bit depressed. And then someone in my street decided to blow up his house, like, like a gas explosion because he wanted to take his life. He didn't actually, but he got me, I was in shock for a few seconds. I was playing poker behind my computer and my curtains were closed. So I didn't see what happened, but everything came caving in. My whole well, wall and window came caving in. So I was in shock for four, five seconds. And 
everything together, this bad lifestyle. I was going in and out of hospitals because I was having problems, but nobody could find any problems. And this makes you very insecure. And at some point I started sleeping less and less. And my nights when I was dreaming and sleeping, it almost, they felt so, so real. And my day actually felt very blurry and almost like I was dreaming. And at some point I started forgetting Like we're having this conversation now and 30 seconds later, I would tell the same thing and I would ask the same thing three times in a row. So I got very insecure. And at some point I was like, I don't want to talk to people because I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't know the word, but a burden. I don't want to be a burden for other people. So I, my life got, got very small. It was very scary. It wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. So describe that moment when you knew or describe that feeling when you knew you needed to make that change. Yeah, so I was doing a lot of partying, a lot of the lifestyle wasn't great. I actually didn't have one panic attack. I had a panic disorder. So it first happened. I was in the supermarket. I thought I was a heart attack. I had a heart attack. And I actually thought I was going to die. And at that point, I knew when I have a bad night of sleep, when I drink alcohol, it's the day after that I feel more anxious. Also, when I drink a lot of caffeine or something, this is when even in the gym, which isn't a bad thing, but it's adrenaline when you when your heart rate's going up. When you think you're having bad, bad problems, when you think you have problems with your heart, then your heart rate goes up. Even from a good thing like working out, it was still scary in the beginning. But that made me realize that, okay, I have to change something. I can't do this anymore. It's just, I still enjoyed partying or well, I, I would have would have liked to enjoy the partying, but I didn't enjoy it anymore because for one, the partying was scary. Being around this many people was scary. Losing control was scary when drinking alcohol and stuff. So I wanted to, I got more, I wanted to control everything. That's basically what happened after, I guess. And I knew that, okay, if I'm going to have this party, I know tomorrow or the next week is going to be so bad. And at some point, a panic disorder is so strong or a panic attack is so strong that you're willing to give up most things to not suffer a panic attack again. What's so important about your story is that you had a physical and mental transformation that you've spoken about. Take us through that. And at what point on your journey do you start taking action towards both your physical and mental transformation? Yeah, I think the first part, especially for the physical transformation, was after this panic disorder. I already went to the gym, but I before, but I didn't really stick with it because I didn't have the right information. At some point, I got the more information, and then it started going a lot better, and it was more rewarding. I started seeing my body transform. So that was like the physical part, and I started getting better, better sleep. Physical and mental is kind of intertwined, right? But then I think like two and a half, three years ago, I had a breakup, and I was still drinking alcohol from time to time, at least less than before. But after the panic disorder, at some point it got stable again, and I knew, okay, I can have a few drinks again. In the beginning, I quit alcohol completely because I, I couldn't handle, and at some point I got back into it again a little bit, but more more in control, but I still was having these nights where I was way too drunk and I feel like it was a coping mechanism. And after this breakup, I saw this bottle of vodka in my room 
And I was like, I can, I can drink this bottle right now. It's like, I think this has been like three years ago. I can drink this bottle right now and forget about all these problems or I'm going to own these problems and, and show this girl what I've, what I'm capable of, what, what I got. So this was kind of a, a big, a big moment of empowerment. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna own this shit and I'm gonna, and that's why I started to, I started for some, I don't know how it happened, but I feel like everything happens for a reason. I stumbled across the book, The Miracle Morning. I was already doing meditations, but from time to time, it wasn't a routine. So at this point, I got my meditation a routine. I got my journaling a routine. I got reading a routine because before 29, so four years ago, maybe three or four years ago, I I'd never read a book through. I always cheated on my books in school. And now I got it into routine and I started seeing how the mind, how the brain works with routines. And I started working on that and actually saw a great improvements in my mental health. And when you go to the gym when you do it the right way you see your body transform if you don't do it the right way it's a shitty sport because it's not rewarding so we want to do everything right but i always tell my clients they want to a lot of clients everybody wants to be more self-secure but we think that when we change our body that's 100 percent. that's such a powerful image that you painted there with the bottle and such a moment of personal empowerment, like you said, and agency, that must have felt so good. And then you start to take action to transform your mental health. But take us through your mental health transformation. Yeah, the first part is taking better care of myself. My father always told me like rhythm, routine and stuff like this is very important because I was going to bed late and I always thought like, what are you talking about, right? And at this point, I knew this guy was probably right. And so taking care of myself, taking, getting the rest and the sleep that I needed, drinking less alcohol was very big for me, getting the right food and nutrition. Before I always thought my life was about partying and getting the most joy out of life. And I started to see it the other way around. So it's, it's one thing to see your body change, right? And it gives you a, a form of you become more secure. But then it's another thing. What every step that you take, when we take the gym, when you put a bar in your neck and you don't want to do it. And every time you do this, you feel so much better. And I started seeing like, okay, it's, it's not really just the physical part that we want. It's the physical stuff that we need to go through to make our mind more durable, to improve our mindset, to be more happy. So it's every time you do something that you don't want to do. And it can be, that can be the gym. It can be tracking your nutrition, having a good meal, because sometimes it, it's easier to, to get a shitty meal, right? It's easier to grab McDonald's than to actually cook and get good nutrition in. So also this and also meditation, journaling, everything that takes a bit of effort makes you more proud. And and you start living to what you actually want to be in your life. How has this experience changed your perspective on mental health awareness it's a topic that, uh, fortunately, we're speaking about more transparently. I almost feel like 95% of the people have some mental struggles. 
and all these mental struggles it's very hard to explain but now gladly a lot of people start to understand and a lot of people are getting more open a lot of coaches are getting more open i'm also sharing a lot of my own struggles because we all have struggles and we need some guidance and i think we have more struggles than ever in the world we live in in the society and all the pressure and when we go more to like the meditation part that's why I started meditating, meditating actually, like our bodies are still, they didn't evolve much in the last 10, 20,000 years is a very slow process. But the last 50 years, we have this telephone, we have a computer screen, and we all know how to turn on our nervous system. So when we get a text, this is a system we have to like this fear system. And it's, it's good to have fears, right? Like before, it's a thing of survival. We will be in the wild and there will be a snake or whatever. Fear comes up and you don't, okay, we have to watch out. But now we get fear when we see the telephone. We we get, we're constantly living in this fear. So this is a, there hasn't been a, a more important time to, to know how to, we know how to turn on the nervous system, but we need, nobody knows how to turn off the nervous system to go into the rest and digest nervous system. And this is where the mental health, the meditation, it can even be in the gym, I guess. If you're in the gym without a phone and you're focusing on one, it can also be watching a movie, watching a movie, but not having your telephone, just watching this movie. And I think this is very important that people need to learn how to do this. So well said, and it's such an important topic and that you're addressing it through your personal work as well. What's beautiful about your story is that you emerge from this dark period and you embark on a personal development journey. And you've spoken about three actions that you took to facilitate this transformation. Take us through step number one. Step number one was taking better care of myself. So fixing my sleep, reading about sleep so I could actually fix it because you need the knowledge to be able to know what's good and wrong. You can try to fix something, but I thought I was actually living a healthy life 10 years ago when playing poker and having little nights of sleep. I didn't know. And if you don't know something, so that's step number one, knowing what's good for you, having the right people around you. And that can be following the right person on personals on, on Instagram and YouTube. But it can also be having a coach or a mentor or someone. And so I started taking more care of my sleep. I started taking more care of my nutrition. I started taking more care of my, my workouts. And why I did this, I had no choice. I feel like if I didn't do this, I would suffer these panic attacks. And trust me, this is one of the strongest stepping stones or whatever the word is. If you know, if I'm not going to take care of myself, I have this feeling. This is a very strong motivator. So now I'm actually very glad that I had this panic disorder. It's hard, it's, it's strange to say, but it's, if I wouldn't have this panic, I wouldn't be right here right now. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Right. We all go through adversity and sometimes you have to step into the other side of fear to overcome it. And number two, you've mentioned is setting boundaries. How were you able to establish boundaries in your life? I think it comes down to knowing yourself. You need to know yourself and what gives you energy, what takes your energy. And that also comes back to the panic disorder. If I did the wrong things, I would get panic. So I it makes you get into the, I knew that I like alcohol and stuff. I need to set a boundary there because when I, when I drank and had a short night, I would, I would suffer the panic again. So that's a very strong guidance. 
I think that we all need boundaries. We need to know ourselves and we need to boundaries. And then we can, this comes back to authenticity, right? You need to know yourself. You know, you need to know your self-worth. You need to know your values. What am I bringing to the table? What am I not? And stick to the stuff that you're bringing to the table. Fulfill what you're good at and start ditching the stuff that you're not good at or that you don't enjoy. I mean, we have one life. Just start doing what you enjoy. Start doing what you're good at. And that's you need to find out, right? And there's exercises for that. Absolutely. So take us through number three. Number three must be routines and rituals. So I started reading this book. Atomic Habits is also a good one, by the way, about how the routines and rituals work. But I started reading The Miracle Morning and I started actually getting a morning ritual where I, instead of meditating once in a while, I started meditating every morning. So I got more conscious. So I had better routines and routines are like guidelines, but also if you have a routine and you got become better at something, it's something your brain doesn't have to think about again. So it becomes more automatic and that makes life so much easier. So instead of having the struggle of what do I need to do today to feel better? I had this, this, this moment in the morning where I, First of all, took care of my health, my mental health, by meditating and journaling. I I could work on my goals, which gave me purpose. And I was also reading like 15 minutes a day. I never had a reading habit. I never read a book in my life before 30. I always cheated on my books, on my book reports in school. That's how I got through it. And now I actually started enjoying reading. So I started learning. So this first hour of my day, my day is almost complete when I finish this first hour. And it's always, it, it gives me, it skyrocketed my, skyrocketed my success as a coach, but also gave me a sense of control. I know when I do this, I'm going in the right direction. And that's, that's something that I, I need. That's amazing. And we've been speaking about this throughout the podcast, but the idea of fear, and it's something that you've been able to overcome on your journey and that you're able to inspire and motivate your clients on as well. So take us through this idea of fear and how you've been able to overcome fear in your life. A panic disorder is one of the biggest fears you can experience. It almost, it, it, for me, it felt like I was going to die. So also I got very scared of death in the beginning. It's, it's, but it's also the greatest motivator. If you do something wrong and you feel this fear coming up, for me, it's, I don't want to feel this fear. That's what, that was the beginning. I didn't want to feel that fear. So I started changing stuff. So I didn't feel this fear. Well, what happened now? And I think two or three years ago, I said, or maybe even shorter, like one and a half year, or I don't know where it happened. Actually, I've done a lot of work on this. I made a sentence for myself and I wrote it down. I have this accountability mirror by David Goggins, put it on the mirror and I read it like every morning, every evening. At least that's the, that's the goal. And that's why the routines come in again, right? I've written down whatever happens, I'm not letting fear control me. So if I want to do something and fear is in the way, I'm going to do it anyway. And this has been great. So I've Let's say an example, I've always drank a lot and it was, I drank a lot of alcohol being drunk like at least a thousand times in my life. My mother found me on the bedroom floor once and had me to take me to bed. Not my proudest moment, but I didn't give a shit back then. That's, that's how bad it was. But the day after, probably I've, I had forgotten most of it, but you can't feel proud. And now when I make rules for myself, 
Like, okay, I'm going out and I'm not going to drink or I'm having two drinks or whatever. And I actually commit to this rules. The day after, you feel so much better. You're so proud. You're, you've actually done this. And this way you're actually growing. So last year I was in Mexico and I didn't want to go diving because I know I still had this, this panic. I didn't, it, it wasn't up much, the panic, but it's still there. And being 14 meters under the water, having a panic disorder where you can't panic, it's very easy to say, let's not do this. But the biggest, the most important thing about fear, the bigger the fear, the more you can grow. So I did it anyway. Trust me, it sucked really hard and was very scary. But the way I felt after was amazing. And now I started doing again. And so I started doing everything that's scary. I do it anyway. And because you, if you beat these moments, you beat this fear, everything else in life is going to be so much easier, so much better. I love that. You painted an image for me when we were prepping for this interview, which is about how proud one feels when they make the choice that's best for themselves and they wake up the next day and they look in the mirror Tell us about that experience. Yeah, let's say I, at some point I wanted to stop drinking, right? Or at least drink drink very little because all the meditations I'm doing and it feels counterintuitive to meditation makes you more conscious, drinking makes you less conscious. So I started to, I wanted to drink less and it started, in the beginning it was pretty hard, but I noticed every time that I achieved it and I made a rule for myself, okay, and I have some accountability too. It's like, if you don't want to drink much, go with the car, right? Then you have this rule. But the day after, everybody is hangover. And I looked at myself in my mirror and I gave myself a pat on the back like, I'm, I, I did it. And it's, this makes you so proud. So if I can give something away to other people, start setting bounds, start making rules for yourself and notice how you feel the day after. When or today it can also be going to the gym. Like you don't want to go to the gym, but you went. To, everybody feels better when they went to the gym, and you need to see it this way. Every every fear that we have, everything we don't want to do, or everything that we want to change, when you start living in alignment with who you want to be, you feel so much better. You become proud of yourself, and it makes life so much better. I love that, and that is a great way to start. Wrapping up the episode, let's do a quick rapid fire round before we close off. What advice would you give your younger self? Whenever you feel scared or whenever you feel struggles, don't don't worry about the struggles. This is the, the exercise you're getting so you can learn, so you can grow. Without these struggles, we can't grow. It's feedback. So we need these struggles. So start accepting the struggles. I still find this hard from time to time when you're in the struggle, it's easy to say, but start accepting the struggles and see the big picture. When I have a struggle, I tell myself, I gave myself this, this struggle because I love myself. Beautiful. Where do you see yourself one year from now? Probably doing the same. I'll be more, more accepting. I'm helping more people and I'm actually working on a team to expand our business. And the last one, what's one way that people listening to this podcast can challenge themselves to kickstart their own transformations? 
I think you have to start with getting the right information. You want to work on better routines, but there's so much information out there. So you need to find your person and stick with that person for a while. Even if it's someone on, on YouTube, whatever, or hire a coach. I've had business coaches. I've had fitness coaches myself. I couldn't recommend it more. You take someone that is a few steps ahead of you and it knows exactly where you are and knows exactly what which steps you have to take. So instead of figuring it all out yourself, which can take like three, four, five years, someone will tell you, do this, do this, and life will be so much easier. And I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't have the money for coaching or whatever. We should put a bit more money in our happiness, in our health. I mean, this is such a important part of life. We all have a big car. We all go on vacation three, three times a year. Most people, I mean, you have a $15,000 Euro car and you can't afford 1500 for coaching or whatever. I mean, for me, that doesn't make sense. I mean, your happiness is the most important thing that there is. Amazing. Such an empowering way to end the episode. Mitchell, thank you for sharing your story and for sharing so openly and candidly. Thank you as well for having me here. And that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have an amazing day. And remember to keep on living time on.